Welcome to the ADHD Book Club Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ashley. And I'm your other host, Corey. And I was about to call this the uh, Coho Poco because we're back with Colleen Hoover, but um, I didn't. And then I confused myself and said, "Eem Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we've all yeah. been there. We've all just short-circuited and made a weird noise instead of talking. <laughs> I, I understand completely. Yeah, the noises. That's a real, real thing. Lots of sound effects usually from me. People usually know what I'm talking about when I just try to describe something by like noises. They get it. Yeah, it works yeah. sometimes. Sometimes. But yeah, we're back. We're back on our first anniversary bullshit and reading another book by Colleen Hoover. The sequel to It Ends With Us called It, it starts, starts With, with us. us. Very confusing because you'd think the start would start and the end would end, but that's fine. I probably am not the only one that can't keep it straight. Yeah. No. Look, one thing already ended and now a new thing is starting. Although it did start before in the first book. Yeah, like, I understand what this all means, but my brain wants to say the wrong thing every time. Same. Cool. Hey, does ADHD GPT got something for us today? I mean, kind of. Look, <laughs> we weren't sure what to ask it, so we settled on what is a good conversation starter for two people who are on a podcast? And boy. Because you guys haven't heard these before. Yeah, right? I mean, it, that's what's funny, is it is a ton of stuff that we've already talked about. Uh, what inspired you to start this podcast? Uh, we're morons who couldn't have a book club. <laughs> yeah, uh, literally. So we thought, how funny if we did this to a podcast and then we've actually just been actually reading our books. <laughs> what if we made ourselves record this and we had to read these books? There's only one way to hold yourself accountable is by this. Exactly. Publicly <laughs> declaring that you're going to read a book every two weeks and then talk about it. Question number two, what is your favorite episode of the podcast? Oh, shit. Hmm. I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know if I'm being influenced by the fact that it seems to be one of our listeners' favorites, but I do really like the Night Bitch episode. But also, that was one of my favorite books we read, so. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I like when we're, like, kind of unhinged. There was one recently that was, I think like Secret Santa was really fun. I think I enjoyed that a lot. Secret Santa is fun. Um, actually, I mean, look, it's sort of cheating because it's by far the shortest, but I have listened to our merch announcement like probably a dozen times <laughs> because it's extra unhinged. Agreed. That's my favorite. Should be the trailer for the podcast, but that doesn't really make sense. But like, yep. For being 10 minutes or something, it's totally buck wild. Yeah, it is a good introduction into how this all basically goes. And also, we don't necessarily realize how unhinged things can seem until we listen to it back later and we're like, what? Yeah, I was surprised how the uh, episode for The Deep went when I listened back to it. <laughs> yeah, editing that, I was like, it's because we don't actually like... Like, we get it, but we like it doesn't make sense. It's kind of weird. So we're like, I don't know, the mush mash, whatever mush in the bottom of the ocean took over the goop. <laughs> yeah, look, I read it seven, eight weeks ago now. I don't remember. I'm not going to retain that one, I don't think. I just will only remember what was your original face before you were born. See, and I didn't remember that. When you asked me that, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Classic. You know, my notes, it's just like ridiculous things that don't make any sense that made me laugh. <laughs> 
There's more questions, but we don't need to answer them unless you really want to. Do you want another one? Hit me with one more. Okay, one more. What is the most challenging aspect of hosting a podcast? I mean, of hosting, nothing. It's a blast. I love working with Corey and talking to Corey about books. Very fun. Um, Editing is the most challenging part of having a podcast. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I would agree that the hosting part is the easiest part. The challenging parts are editing, actually reading the books, keeping notes organized, sticking to a deadline. Basically, everything besides hosting is the challenging part. Yeah, if somebody else wants to manage that stuff and let us just be the like, you know, the stars on the show, we're the the <laughs> the editing anyone? I mean, the other part too is just we're both I think so picky, but we'll eventually have to let someone take the reins if this goes well. Exactly. Eventually, someone will do this for us. I believe in us. This is a good podcast, I think. I don't know. I'm biased. No, I agree. For this episode, we read It Starts With Us by Colleen Hoover, the sequel to It Ends With Us, as we discussed earlier. This book is 336 pages, which makes it an eight hour and 41 minute audiobook. Did you write a summary? Uh, I didn't, actually. Surprise. I didn't do it again. (laughs) I dare you to write a summary for the next episode. That's not going to work. I'll either do it or I won't. I double dog dare you. (laughs) I don't. I don't respond to dares. I don't respond to challenges. (laughs) Oh, guess what? A peek behind the curtain. I have all my notes for all the episodes in an Apple Notes folder. Um, And I just clicked over into my ones for the next episode. I already wrote it. (laughs) Yes. Good for you. But you can't read that one yet. (laughs) I could if I wanted to. Who's going to stop me? I guess so. You are the host. Although you edit these, so. (laughs) Just cut it out. Did Did you write a summary for this book? I did, yeah. That means I go first. Um, Lily Bloom and Atlas. Shit. What is Atlas's last name? Atlas Shrugged. (laughs) Corrigan. Uh, um, This basically picks up exactly where it ends with us, leaves off, like the epilogue. This picks up probably later that afternoon. Lily Bloom and Atlas Shrugged uh, (laughs) try and make their relationship work while other crazy stuff happens around them. My summary, (laughs) it starts with us, continues the story of first loves Lily Bloom and Atlas Corrigan as they attempt their second chance at love while navigating through their heavy pass. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it. That's it. Should anyone read it? I guess. Look, my four word review for this one compared to the first one is more corny, less horny. (laughs) Yeah, more corn, less horn for sure. I mean, look, if you read the first one, you probably want to read the second one. Yeah. It's fine. It's less interesting, for sure. The first one's much better, yeah. But you get um, what you asked for here. This is what everybody wanted. I read that this became Simon & Schuster's most pre-ordered book of all time, and also that Colleen Hoover wrote this as a thank you to the fans of the first one, and I can appreciate the fact that she wrote a nice story for people who loved her characters the first time. Yeah, that tracks, too. This does not seem like this was something that she had her heart in. It was just like, here you go, guys. I guess I guess you want these characters to get together and uh, have a happily ever after. Well, I did that for you. Yep. 
And that's, I don't think that's a spoiler. I think it's pretty obvious no. that's what's happening here. Okay. Even though you could have just done that in your fucking imagination, I guess you need me to do it for you. Here you go. All right. Spoiler on three. Yes. One, One two, two, three. three. Spoiler. Spoiler. Yeah, they get married at the end. They get married at the end. Yeah. I was bracing myself for some more drama. Like she was still kind of hot for Ryle at the beginning. And I was like, no, not this. Like, you know, don't make it a love triangle again. Don't do that to me. But no, it actually was not a love triangle at all. Nothing negative happened. If you want your characters to be happy at the end, it starts with us. Lovely. Yeah. I mean, we find out more about the ways in which Atlas's parents both suck. Mm -hmm. We find out that he has a little brother that he didn't know about. Named Josh. He's 12. Yes, he's 12. Which I remember mostly because he's the same age as Theo, who is his precocious 12-year-old <laughs> therapist. Which is adorable. Oh, see, I hated it. I was like, I hate precocious kids <laughs> in stories. I guess it could have gone more towards like Atlas humoring him instead of Atlas taking it kind of seriously, but... Right. I mean, look, Atlas is like the nicest guy to ever have existed in all time. Of course, if a kid's like, I would like to be a therapist, he's like, sure, therapy me. Let's go. True. Plus, he's just like always hanging out at the restaurant with his dad because his dad works there. What's his dad's name? Uh, Ben? Yeah. I know it starts with B. That's all I know. We'll say Ben. Sure. Yep. Something like that. Atlas finds this out because someone is graffitiing the restaurant, being like, you're an asshole, Atlas. But I don't understand the asshole thing. In what way? Because he always says that they're saying asshole funny, but it sounds the same every time they say it. What it, what it what, how are they saying it weird? Oh, this is because we're listening to it. It's not being said weird. I, am, I don't know this for a fact because I didn't look up the book, but I just assumed it was spelled with a W, like A-S-S-W-H-O-L-E asshole oh i thought it was something about they make it sound like two words asshole and it should just be asshole and i was like i don't right but if it's asshole instead of asshole <laughs> okay look if this is a play on words in a book or something like that can the fucking audiobook performer do a little something to make it fucking clear to us <laughs> pronounce it a little different just try put the the wheat thins, the wheat, whole thing in there. Wheat thins. Wheat thins, please. Asshole. Yeah, that would have been helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I am looking up the ebook right now just to confirm this. But my guess is it's spelled with a W. Okay, that would make more sense than they say it as though it's two words and it's just one. Asshole. I'm like, what the fuck? No one says asshole. Yep. Asshole. Yep. Asshole. Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. Asshole. It's the very first sentence of chapter one. The way asshole is misspelled in red spray paint across the back door of Bibbs makes me think of my mother. There you go. I guess, yeah. Okay. He does say that. But then he corrects him while they're chit chatting. <laughs> How could he have known that he was misspelling it while he's talking? Like way later, he calls his dad an asshole and he's like, it's asshole. Actually, honestly, this is the first clue of who the graffito artist is. <laughs> she would always insert a brief pause between syllables, making it sound like two separate words. I wanted to laugh every time I heard it, but it was hard to find the humor in it as a child when I was always the recipient of the hurled insult. Ass hole, Darren mutters. Okay, so we're both right here. Josh says it wrong because Josh's mom says it wrong because Josh's mom is Atlas's mom. Yeah. 
And Alice is so nice. Somebody's like graffitiing the restaurant and he's like, I wonder who's doing this. So he watches some tape and then notices that it's like a kid who's sleeping there, which I would feel bad too. But he's just like, oh, you know, poor guy. He's just graffitiing the shit out of my building, costing me a ton of money. But like, you know, he's staying here for hours. I'm a good guy, Atlas. Atlas also was homeless when he was a teenager. Yeah, he relates. Right. It wasn't like that was annoying yet, but it's just like, let us show you how nice Atlas is. That's true. In comparison to Ryle, who gets Ryle. riled up again. Again. What a shithead. Not that he had a chance to make it better, but he doesn't help himself. Right. So, okay, it's Lily and Atlas run back into each other approximately 11 months after whatever. What did she do? Break it off with everyone? Break it off with Ryle and didn't talk to anyone again? I mean, yeah, she basically... Broke it off with Ryle, wasn't interested in pursuing things with Atlas because she was trying to be a mom, etc. And she did it for herself. She didn't do it because Atlas was there. She didn't leave Ryle to go run into his arms, which I actually like really appreciate because those kinds of relationshipy tropes in, in romance stories is kind of annoying. Like, I left him for you and I'm running back to you. It's like she made this decision for herself, regardless of what it meant with Atlas. Although Ryle doesn't think that. No. The whole time he blames Atlas, even though he is 1000% to blame for their breakup. Yeah, he blames Atlas for anything. Like for being her crush when she was a teenager, he finds her diaries and he's like, what the fuck? Which, sir, like it's a childhood diary. Like she's a f- like, what is she, 16, 15 years old? Like leave her, like who? you can't get mad at someone for a diary from when they're 15 that they still have because it's memories. Right. I'm so glad I'm not a diary person. I kind of wish I was, but (laughs) I should have known I had ADHD. I would try this. I would try and I would write like a day and then be like, one, I feel stupid. Two, if anyone ever sees anything I ever write, I'll die. So three, I'm never doing this again. No. Yeah, I totally understand that. I have a journal app that I use that's on my phone and my computer, but I go through phases where I use it and don't use it. And actually, the thing I like the most about it is that it has like an on this day feature, kind of like Facebook does. Oh, cool. And actually, that is kind of my main motivation to use it is that I always like when there are things in it from the previous years. But of course, if I don't put something in now, there won't be anything in there a year from now. (laughs) And see, digitally, that feels much safer than a literal notebook that you write in. Also, I have three younger siblings. There's no way in hell I was having anything like that laying around my room ever. Right, of course. When I was home a couple years ago, this reminded me, I found some old like books, like, you know, elementary school stuff. Oh, nice. So this is the closest I have to a diary. There are two things I especially like. The first is animals. I like dogs that don't drool and cats that don't scratch and run off. I I don't think that was ever accurate, but... (laughs) You just made some shit up. (laughs) Like, I I don't like cat scratches or dog drool, so... Yeah, but be... I mean, we had a lot of animals. I'm not necessarily an animal person, and I guess you can tell by dogs that don't drool and cats that don't scratch. Uh, The second thing is food. (laughs) Nothing has changed. (laughs) I like cream puffs that are frozen, ice cream cake, pudding, Chex Mix, vegetables, fruit, Lifesavers, candy, jello, and gum. I do not have a lot of special qualities. (laughs) (laughs) So sad. But I do know Spanish and sign language. 
I know Spanish because my grandma and grandpa grew up learning Spanish. I know sign language because I've been in a class with three hearing impaired girls for three years. My future dreams are to become a singer, an artist, or a teacher. I want to be a singer because when I was younger, when I got bored, I used to go outside and sing. I want to be an artist because my mom says I am very creative. I want to be a teacher because I love spelling. (laughs) (laughs) Nerd. Also, when I read that my mom says I'm very creative, I can only imagine that it probably came out in not actually like (laughs) a compliment. I was probably doing some weird bullshit. She was like, well, you're very creative. And I was like, thank you. I should be an artist. (laughs) (laughs) I laughed so hard reading that when I was like, I'm not good at very many things (laughs) oh man wow so good so anyways ryle sucks is what we're getting at he does still like at the beginning of the book he is like trying to be cool guy divorced dad guy but basically as soon as it's crystal clear that he and lily are never getting back together he just turns into a piece of shit Yeah, he shows her pretty quick that she made the right choice by leaving him. She's still best friends with his sister, who is in support of her. Uh, Okay, so all this stuff's happening. It's just a lot of their, like, personal lives. What's the sister's husband's name? Marshall. Marshall. Marshall's my favorite. (laughs) Marshall seems so funny. I love him, too. Good. Perfect. He's great. Team Marshall. That's who I really like. Team Marshall. He's the best character. Also, speaking of... It ends with us. There is going to be a film that's oh scheduled to release in June this year. Ah, we have to go, don't we? Yeah, we have to go to the theaters. <laughs> okay, Blake Lively as Lily Bloom. Justin Baldoni as Ryle Kincaid. Brandon Sklenner as Atlas Corrigan. He looks exactly like what I would think of Atlas as. Um, Jenny Slate as Elisa. I love that. And Hassan Minaj as Marshall. Sure. Yeah. It's weird that everyone is like 10 to 15 years older than they are in the actual books. Oh, yeah. In the books, they're all in their like, what, early 20s? I mean, yeah. From the timeline, I think they have to be. Yeah. Because they say something about Lily's age for sure. And I think that everyone's like right around the same age-ish. So yeah, that is really annoying. I mean, it's whatever. But also, I feel like unless they kind of change the story... I don't know. I have less tolerance for 30-somethings acting like this than I do 20-somethings. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Well, the novel was written in 2016. And, you know, I mean, that's that. it's been a minute. So back in 2016, you might believe that 25-year-olds are acting like this. But now, in 2024, this is more like what 30-year-olds behave like. <laughs> I guess. She's 23 in the first book. So young to get married, 23. True. Anyways, that was a bunch of sidebars. So Atlas has a brother that's run away from his mom because she's still an awful bitch. And then he takes him in and Lily is trying to take it slow because she's dealing with Ryle's bullshit because he kind of finds out while he assumes and throws a fit. But Lily is just like constantly not 
talking to anybody about what she's thinking. Like Atlas is getting all insecure because she's not just like, hey, man, like I have this shitty, abusive ex-husband who like has feelings and opinions about what happens in my life. And I understand that that's unfair and that it sucks that I have to take that he's a fucking volatile piece of shit into account when I make decisions about my own personal life. But, you know, sometimes you just have to go along to get along, at least in the short term. So fucking cool it, Atlas, and like be cool for half a second. And she just like doesn't say anything like that to Atlas. And she just like consistently lets Ryle cross her boundaries without saying anything also yeah and i understand in like an uh, abuse situation like you would maybe be hesitant to say something that would make the other person mad but simultaneously that's kind of why she needs to create like hard boundaries with him and just sort of doesn't i mean she is like talking about how she needs to do it and then she like with the key like he had a key to her apartment and so they yeah basically she didn't have boundaries this whole time and now she's kind of like running to atlas and is like shit i need to have some boundaries i need to figure this out and obviously uh ryle's getting the wrong impression by thinking there's ever a chance with us by being like good you know right um, I mean, yeah, she's in her head a lot at the beginning, like trying to figure out what to do and what to say. They do talk about taking it slow. I can't say that Atlas necessarily does, but he tries to respect it. He still, you know, is in love with her right away. Right. Yeah, I mean, she pays lip service to taking it slow, but also doesn't like tell him anything about like her thought process about it. Right. Until it gets bad. Right. Until Ryle pins her up against the wall because he assumes she's dating someone else and that that someone else is Atlas, which... Is correct. Ish. I mean, she's not even doing anything yet. Right. So he shows himself. She gets scared and flees. Does she go to Atlas? Doesn't she go to Alyssa? Or her mom? I don't remember. She goes to everyone, I think. She kind of does, yeah. I just don't remember what order. And yeah, then they have an intervention with Ryle, which is Alisa and Marshall. Marshall was really good in that. That was my favorite Marshall scene. Yeah, no, Marshall's really good. They blindside Ryle by having Lily over for dinner. And then when they all sit down, they kind of, Elisa and Lily sit down with him and start this conversation. And then he's getting upset. So Marshall comes in and he's like, can you believe this? And Marshall's like, can I believe that you did this, this, and and like lays it all out? Like, cause he's basically saying, yeah, bitch, I know everything that's happened. I know what's happening right now. Sit down. Right. Everyone agrees that you are in the wrong here. You piece of shit. Yeah. You piece of shit. So they handle it. Um, Atlas and Ryle get into a fight at some point. Uh, Josh, you know, wants to go meet his dad. There's that road trip. Right. It's, it is like a mellow story. There's not a lot of action. There's just a little kind of like going through some past stuff and trying to be together with a new person and navigate their lives. Right. Yeah. And Josh the whole time is kind of obsessed, not obsessed, but like his solution to his mom being a piece of shit is to go live with his dad, who he's never really met because his dad left when he was like three. And Atlas knows from this guy being his stepdad that that guy is an even bigger piece of shit than his mom. Yeah. But he doesn't flat out say that to Josh. He sort of just lets Josh find that out for himself, basically. Yeah. But that's one of the points of tension in the the story is that Josh every once in a while will be like, mom sucks and I don't want to live with you either. I, why won't you guys let me go find my dad? 
And Alice handles that well. Um, and yeah, his mom does make an appearance and he hadn't talked to her in like 15 years or something. And she's literally a still evil, awful person. She laid hands on Josh again. So he got really like protective. She just kind of reminded me of another version of the mother of in the deep. Ah. Like in my mind, they're the same mom now. Her name was Sutton. It's another romance novel non-name. Alice is just so good, you know? He gives her another chance to be a good mom to Josh because she was so shitty to him. Blah, blah, blah. He makes her emotional and everyone lives happily ever after as happily as they can. Yeah, that's, yeah, sure. That's true. I think they get married like three years later or something. Yeah, there's like an epilogue where they actually get married. And we read his vows. So we do get more of Atlas's side here because we're kind of going through some of the journal entries again and then hearing his version of it. Right. Because the whole book alternates Lily chapter, Atlas chapter, Lily chapter, Atlas chapter. Yeah. And I believe when they first came out that there was going to be a sequel, it was said that it was going to be from Atlas's perspective. So we do get both of them in that way. Right. And um, yeah, they get married and live happily ever after. And that's the book. I think that's it. And they have a weird little blended family with Atlas and Josh and Lily and baby. What's the baby's name? Emerson. Oh. After the brother of Ryle. Oh, right. I remembered because we brought up the baby's name. I remembered that like one of the things that Ryle absolutely blows up about is that the baby's middle name is Dory. Because it's from because it's from Finding, Finding Nemo, Nemo, which they used to watch together, and he read that in her diaries. That was the big fight where he pushed her, like you named our daughter the <laughs> Hulk out. <sighs> also, Emerson Dory Kincaid. <laughs> sure, normal. That's a name. I mean, honestly, the things people name their kids these days, like Bob. <laughs> No, that's a that's a timeless name. <laughs> it's true. It's a classic. A kid's classroom must just sound insane. Yeah. But it probably sounded insane when we were kids, like to our parents or grandparents. You know what I mean? <laughs> what the fuck name is Ashley and Corey? I know. What about Esther and William? Esther and Hester and <laughs> Sylvester. One of the things I wrote down is the Ellen diary is back and dumber than ever. <laughs> hey, Ellen, let me catch you up. Ugh, I guess. I mean, look, kids be writing like that. I just read you what I wrote. I know, but she wrote in it again, didn't she? Oh. I feel like she wrote a new entry. Yes, she did. She was like, yeah, uh, I don't know what to do. Let me just write this out vibes. Yeah, to Ellen. Okay, speaking of the journaling... That journal app appeared on my phone from Apple. I'm going to give it a go. I might try this now that it's electric. Electric. It's electric. <laughs> boogie, woogie, woogie. <laughs> what do you call that? It's virtual? Virtual journal? I will try a virtual journal. Digital. Yes. Let me add more things to my daily to-do list. What a wise idea. That's the problem with all of this shit is it's like, oh, cool. Now I have another thing to do every day. Anyways, what do you rate it? Uh, this is like a very average three and a half or four stars to me. I guess three and a half sounds like it's bad. So I, it's not bad. It's just totally fine. I'm going to say four stars. Okay. I gave it a four and a half. I also looked at our old ratings and you had given it ends with us a four and I had given it a five and a half. And yeah, I think this is fine. It's nice. Uh, definitely a fan gift. 
you would like Lily and Atlas to have a nice, happy ending, well, I have given it to you, and it's there's not a lot of drama because we don't need to keep hurting us. You <laughs> could just write a nice story for people, and everyone's happy. They all lived happily ever after. The end. Boom. The end. Look, I'm not going to retroactively bump It Ends With Us up, and this is definitely worse, so this is three and a half then, for sure. Yeah. I said it was a thoroughly average three and a half stars, but of course, we've got some one-star bad reads. Dun-dun-dun. Of course. Of course. Henry, one star, didn't read, but the first was crap, so decided to rate this. (laughs) That's stupid. Aurora, one star, haven't read, but I hate seeing Colleen Hoover fans happy. (laughs) What the fuck? Aurora, stop. Amen, one star, I'll be requesting a fat check from Coho for making me waste my time reading this unnecessary book. Yeah, it was. She wasn't going to write it. (laughs) Lisa, one star. If a man asks me wholeheartedly to become his fish on our wedding day, I am leaving him at the altar. (laughs) Uh, Will you be my fish? Abigail, one star. Did this book need to exist? Nope. The mentions of TikTok and Gen Z felt like fan service since the acknowledgments said this was written for book talk. Should have been a novella, if anything, especially for how rushed the ending was. Why is Ryle still in her life? Why does the abuse get pushed aside? Why is she still writing letters to Ellen? Why was Atlas trying to justify the age he had sex with Lily the first time? There's a throwback to our first episode. Oh, yeah. They're two years apart. That's right. This is all you get because I don't want to waste any more time writing an in-depth review. Okay. But also, Ryle is still in her life because they have that kid. Yeah, they have a kid together. She's trying to be nice for her kid, trying to give her kid a chance to have a nice dad. And also, like, literally, they address it in the book. She, like, talks to a lawyer, a divorce lawyer. And the lawyer's like, look, man, he's a fucking doctor. Uh, You didn't report the abuse when it happened. He looks great on paper. You're not going to get sole custody. It's addressed. Not only is she trying to be nice about it, There literally is a part of the book where a lawyer is like, this isn't going to happen for you in court. So if you can figure this out amicably, like more power to you. Yeah, totally. Also, mentioning TikTok and Gen Z isn't to me lip service. This is set in the now. So there was one mention of like, oh, did you see that on TikTok or like, oh, a TikTok video or just something casual, which like that's what would be happening now. Like that is a real thing scrolling through social media and TikTok. (laughs) The Gen Z comment was Lily talking about, I believe, Josh and Theo being like, I really love this generation. They just don't care what anyone thinks and they just do what they want and blah, blah, blah. And like get to be themselves more and something like that, which that is a positive thing about Gen Z is they really kind of are in their own character wise. I mean, I was kind of like, "Mm, yeah, nice to say that, I guess. But I didn't be like, wow, lip service to Gen Z. I would also probably say that like millennials read the shit out of this stuff more than Gen Z. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't really honestly know who the actual or intended audience for this is. This feels just like mom book club stuff, you know? (laughs) Right. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Though my only problem with Gen Z is that they hate millennials and I don't understand. We were never that rude about other generations. We're not like we fucking hate. What are are they? What is it? Gen X. 
or boomers. Yeah, Gen X. Look, I am I am like right on the cusp. Yeah. So I I don't really identify as Gen X or millennial. And like boomers were like our parents, I think. It's not like the way that Gen Z hates millennials. We would be like, okay, boomer would be like talking shit to our parents. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like different. And there's this whole like competition with Gen Z and millennials, which honestly is probably why they're looking older than millennials. Have you heard that? I mean, I've heard I've heard people say that. I don't even know what the fuck that means. So I honestly don't either. Anyways. Anyways. Any others? That's it. That's it. All right. Well, that's a wrap on It Starts With Us by Colleen Hoover. We did it. Two for two on these ones are worse than the ones we read a year ago. <laughs> we'll see about the third one, which will be Foe by Ian Reed, who we read I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Yes. Which was one of my favorite books that we've read. That is also one of my favorites, too. And one of my favorite episodes to wrap back around to the beginning of this episode. Yeah. That was one of my favorites. Me, too. I really liked when we did... What is that? What did we quote? How did it go? <laughs> what was that fucking line? Now I don't remember. I know what you're talking about, and I don't remember the line either. I probably could have remembered it until you directly asked oh, me, fuck. and now it's escaped from my brain. I can like hear it in the back of my mind, but I can't do it. Anyways, that was my favorite. Same. I think that was the first episode where I did bad reads. Oh, maybe. Because I know it's not in the first couple episodes. Yeah, because people were really upset. People did not like that book, even though it's great. Wait, maybe I still have it in my notes. Oh, that's true. I'm sure I do, too. I can't find it. Oh, my gosh. I have so many notes for this book, but not that part. Damn. <laughs> okay. Let me, let me try one more thing. I might have it. Because once upon a time, I basically made a copy of this to put all my book notes in, a copy of our main spreadsheet, and then I was doing it, and then I stopped. I did it, actually, up until episode, wow, 12 was the last one. So. I wrote a lot of notes in the past. Okay. What are you waiting for? Right. What yep. are you waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. So Foe by Ian Reed is 272 pages, which makes it five hour and 31 minute audiobook. How's your cool brain, Corey? Oh, it's good. Um, I'm back in school trying to juggle all this stuff, although this semester feels way easier than the last couple, and I don't know why. I have more things going on, and I don't have, like, fewer classes or anything, hmm. so maybe maybe I finally, in my very last semester of school, figured out how to do it without freaking myself out. Who knows? Ain't that how it goes? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> well, congratulations. That's a great feeling. That must feel chill. I mean, we'll see. You must also feel like what's going to happen. That other shoe. This is also only the second week of class. So uh, I often feel chill in the second <laughs> week of class when there's nothing going on. So we'll see how this goes over the next few weeks. Well, I'm really excited for you for it to be over. Congrats on that. <laughs> Thank you. How's your cool brain? Uh, whew, I don't even know. I mean, w before we even got started, I was in like a thousand places at once. So I don't know. I think that's how I feel in a thousand places at once. I have a big weekend coming up. I guess I don't know if I said it on the pod, but I got engaged over the holidays. So cliche. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'd already been planning our wedding and we knew we were going to marry each other. Uh, he did manage to fully fucking surprise me with his proposal. 
and I, maybe we did talk about it on the pod because I was like... I don't think so. Oh, we didn't? Because I don't think we've talked about it at all. Oh, okay. Yeah, he managed to fully fucking surprise me. Like, <laughs> now I understand why everybody in those proposal videos, when you're watching it and you're like, how do they not fucking know that they're getting proposed to? I get it. I don't know how I didn't know. <laughs> we, <laughs> we just moved into our new place, our first place together, and we thought, let's have like just a couple of our close friends over for New Year's Eve, like, you know, low key. Originally, it was like, fuck it, we'll party with the boxes. We don't care. And then it was like, oh, no, you're not in boxes at that point. You've taken everything out. This might be the point we talked about um, where you're actually like everything's out of the boxes and you have to put it away. And that's way fucking worse. You can't just like party with piles of shit everywhere. So we were doing that. Um, and he had a different plan to propose you know, maybe at the beach or something. But one, the night before, because I'd been like in my house unpacking and putting things away for like a week straight, two of my friends separately were like, uh, hey, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm building shit. You can come over and help me and we can have some drinks. And so they did. And then we were like, fuck it, let's go out. And because I'd been like trapped inside, I went like hard. It ended up being like karaoke night at this bar and we made like all these new friends. And so I was very hungover on New Year's Eve. And so he couldn't be like, hey, want to go down to the beach? Because there's no way. I would have been like, are you fucking shitting me right now? What do you think? Go to the beach? People are coming over tonight. We have shit to do. (laughs) Um, And I'm dying. And then also the weather was bad. There was like, I don't know, winds or something. Um, So we pivoted and proposed with our friends in our new place together, which was super sweet. But we like went out to the car to call his mom because she's on East Coast time to say like, Happy New Year. And when we came back inside, all of our friends were like standing with candles and there's like flower petals everywhere. And I just laughed super hard. Like I just thought they were pranking us. (laughs) I was just like, what are you guys doing? Like they thought it would be funny to like light candles and hold them when we came back. And also we had met our neighbor uh, like a week ago and he was like, oh, cause a ruckus. You can't hear shit through these walls. It's great. So when we were walking back up, I was like, wow, you really can't hear anything because we were getting loud. And when I opened the door... I was like, haha, because nothing's happening because everyone's just standing there. And they're like, are you sure nothing's happening? And I was like, what? What do you mean? And then I like kind of tuned into the song that was playing and I was like, huh. And then they're like, go on. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, there's a picture of my face just going <laughs> like stunned. Like one, I've also believed that he is not not smart enough to hide this from me, ah. not sneaky enough to keep this from me. Like, I really thought I would know. And uh, I have to rethink a lot of things in our relationship because he was very good. Very good. <laughs> I mean, I know we listen to me on this podcast. You're not surprised that I didn't know what was going on, but I'm very observant. <laughs> no, I'm a little bit surprised. Also, I was thinking... When I realized you haven't told me this at all, I was thinking about how it's very funny to me that since starting this podcast, in some ways we are like better and closer friends. And in other ways, because the way we communicate is so like regimented and so like focused around this one specific thing, there are things that like we just don't talk about. Yeah. And I guess I haven't said anything about it yet because I've been like, I don't know what I want to share on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) which then this is like our catch-up time. So I guess then share with you. Um, But yeah, no, it was really sweet. And uh, so we're having an engagement party this weekend. So that's 
exciting and fun and we have people coming in from out of town which is super crazy so that's where my brain's been at trying to like figure out how this will all work and oh and my like my mom's coming my grandma my sister my niece my mom broke her foot last week oh no yeah very fun so I was like oh okay what does that mean that sucks for traveling that sucks for traveling luckily it's not like walk heavy she goes to the podiatrist tomorrow, and I will know more, but it sounds like she's coming, so. All right. This is fun times. <laughs> oh, well. Anyways, brain everywhere. Time's crazy. Yeah, understandable. That's where I'm at. It's a lot of planning. Yeah. A lot of juggling expectations from different groups of people. Right? Yeah, exactly. The expectation is um, enjoy yourselves. Don't expect me. I'll be here. That's it. I'm not telling you what to do, though. That's all I'm committing to. I'm committing to being here. The end. Actually, my friends have been very sweet. They've been like, do you want me to help with something? Should I do this? And like, I'm not, I guess I'm not good at delegating because sometimes it's harder to just explain what needs to be done than doing it yourself, right? Right. So uh, I was like, yes, you can do that. And you can call the place and see if that's okay, which feels weird because I'm like, why would I tell her? I could just call them and find out. But I was like, no, this is what it means to delegate. I let someone else do a task, even if it seems stupid and easy. Right, exactly. All right. Well, uh, catch us next time with Faux by Ian Reed. Again, 272 pages, five hour and 31 minute audiobook. Follow us at, at ADHD Book Club Pod. Check out our website at bookfreaks.org. Thank you to Last Skeptic for music. I've been Ashley. I've been Corey. This, this was, was a podcast. podcast. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh.